Welcome back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Erica, and I am the weaker vessel. Tonight, my husband is preoccupied, so I get to host a podcast with two very lovely ladies. Um, the first one is Sandra Rowlett, who has a birthday today. Our listeners know Sandra. No, she, I, I think getting older. No, yeah. I the same. She is... 37 years old, which is a gift from God. So we should all be grateful, right? Yes, ma'am. Happy birthday, Sandra. (laughs) Thank you. And that other voice you hear is my lovely sister-in-law, Marianne. Hello. So all three of us are recording from different states right now. It's kind of funny. Gotta love technology. I'm just saying. Where are you, Sandra? Uh, Kentucky, Tennessee. She's like on the border. Any moment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like military life. Pretty much. <laughs> okay. So let me get some admin out of the way real quick. We are part of a network called the Re- Reformed Rebel Network, right? That's our network. I always get it yeah. wrong. Um, I did last week. Did you guys hear me like mess up and I kind of like blamed it on my headache, but actually I was just dumb. So (laughs) that's who we are. (laughs) And we just added a new podcast to the network. We have an OG podcast called the rebel podcast, all kinds of good stuff. Um, if you are a Patreon, there's bonus content that you can find. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much what's happening. The Rebel Podcast just came back. They took a hiatus for a while, and so they're putting out content again. So if you haven't had a chance to check them out, go check them out. Um, yeah. So how are you guys doing? What did you do for your birthday, Sandra? <laughs> uh, let's see. I I did all the things that the weaker vessel does. You know, I mopped floors, I shampooed carpets. I. Disciplined children. Disciplined children, potty trained. I was a grown-up today, finally, 37 years old, and I'm a grown-up. I mean, it's about time you actually do the <laughs> things God's called you to. I'm just saying. No, I did all that, and then Scotty, you know, surprised me with bringing home dinner and, you know, flowers and cake and all the, you know, sweet stuff. Aww. So, that was our day. Fun times. So, Okay. For the listeners who aren't familiar with Sandra, I don't know how you couldn't be at this point because she's kind of like scattered throughout all of our podcasts, but she is, um, like she said, living in Tennessee and Kentucky. And how many kids do you have? Give us like a little bio on yourself real quick. Okay. Um, Military wife. Um, We've been in the military for 10 years, sort of say, I -hmm. think. Um, Three kids, two boys and a girl. Our girl's the youngest, so... We're working out that in our lives. Working on getting one more girl so you can, like, balance things out. Right, right. I mean, I'm just saying, why not? And, um, yeah, we pretty much live the military life and take care how old of is your How old is your oldest and your youngest? Oh, yeah. So all of our kids are five to six years apart. So we have 14, nine, and three. Okay. So a pretty so. decent age gap. Marianne, not so for you. Nope. I have a two and a half ish year old and um, a, 
an 11th month old at the end of this month. Yeah, so she's got babies. I don't know how you do it, girl. I had to get the first one old enough to be potty trained and disciplined before I could have another one. <laughs> I don't know why I did it. I, well, we didn't. <laughs> it took us a long time to get pregnant with Audrey, so we were like, it'll be a while. And then it, it was not a while, and I don't recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I do it either. That's why I need a lot of Jesus. <laughs> oh, you'll love it later on. They'll be the best of friends. It, it already really is so cute. She was tickling him tonight and he was laughing and I was just like. They're at that age where they're interacting and stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm their aunt. So of course I think they're adorable. I'm not biased or anything. Well, but they are adorable. But They are. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> They are. They, I'm so thankful for them, but it is challenging sometimes. Motherhood is. Okay. So for our normal listeners, maybe I should slap a disclaimer on here. Grant is not joining us tonight. He is sermon prepping. So I thought let's get some ladies on. We do this periodically. We'll have like a ladies night and just kind of talk girl talk. So if there are guys out there who hate the idea of listening to a bunch of women talk about lady stuff, Here's your cue. Like, we give you permission, just turn it off. However, this could be insightful. Like, if you have a wife, this might be what's going on in her brain, so maybe you should listen. Um, we're going to take a much more casual approach and just kind of talk uh, through some topics and just have a good time. One of the things that we wanted to discuss was gratitude, and I think especially in, uh, like, times of trial or conflict, which goes right along with Marianne talking about how hard it is to have lots of young kids <laughs> under underfoot. So let's talk about it. What are some things you guys see or feel or know of? You know, there, there are some dubious deeds. Like oh, if you yeah. are on social media or you have lived any life, just even going to the grocery store, I feel like you've seen some dubious things. So... I'm sure we could probably all of us list off a several examples of people just like Christian. I think Christian women, even reformed Christian women saying terrible things about the situation God's placed them in or hardships that they're walking through. And they just oh, yeah. feel as though they can vent. I think it's very easy, especially in social media days to get caught up on the pity train. Mm -hmm. The woe, the woe is me. Life is so hard, and we, especially on Facebook, because you get on there and everybody's complaining and nagging mm -hmm. at each other. I mean, you can't, you couldn't post, oh my kids are so cute, they were being tickled today, without somebody being like, you were letting your your one child tickle your other child. How could you? <laughs> That's torture. And, and that's you know not nearly <laughs> as fun to engage in either, right? Like people love yeah. to be like all ragey. And so if you have something that they can also rage about, or like if you, um, like if you post something nice, typically, or you share a Bible verse, typically you don't get as many likes as if you share something that is naturally more angsty. Have you noticed oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, especially <laughs> if someone can get on that train with you. Um, I believe it was Nancy Wilson or, her girls or something. They were, they were just talking about this sort of say, where they were talking about how if you're on Facebook or Instagram or whatnot, and you post the mom post about how hard it was, or you're leaving your husband after so many years. And all of a sudden you get like 
millions of people just mm-hmm. being like, oh, good for you from getting out. From You're so brave. You're so brave. <laughs> yes. I'm like, it's so true. But if you sit there and you post, man, I'm having a great day. The kids were so cute or this is going on. I'm just so grateful unto the Lord. It's like crickets. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's crickets. <laughs> well, and bad attitudes are contagious, right? Oh, yeah. So if you see someone else who's whiny and fussy, and you know this is true because when your kids get whiny and fussy, even you are tempted to get whiny and fussy and vice versa. If you wake up that morning in a bad mood, like inevitably your kids are going to catch the bad mood. It's totally what happens. Um, So (laughs) it's funny because oftentimes I'll see Christian women um, feeling as though if they share all of their troubles and their trials and they're listing off all the things that are going wrong in their life, they feel as though they are being super genuine and authentic. And like the world needs to know that like I'm having a hard time. The world needs to know that my life isn't perfect and all of us go through trials. And so I am being the brave one. I'm going to just let everyone know I messed up just like you and we can just, you know, lay it all out there as though any of us needed that disclaimer. Like, I'm just saying, I don't think I've ever known a person in my life and thought their life is perfect. They don't have any troubles ever. Like what a weird thought, but also well, I think it, good. It kind of goes like with the whole image thing that everybody is about how people take their, what their life should look like from social media and Mm -hmm. um, or whatever and then they feel inadequate because their life is not like that but it's not reality reality is everyone is struggling like everybody like it doesn't matter everybody has something happen somebody dies something doesn't go the way you want it to go Mm -hmm. and by saying oh I had such a horrible day my kids were all screaming isn't being a martyr it's just admitting that I'm like everybody else and we're just drawing attention to that fact and and I don't even get like what do you want from that do you want everybody to apologize that your life is hard no I think oftentimes what it is is we want everyone to just be like and you are such a good mom you're such a good mom that you can go through those kind of trials and you are just such a trooper and like pat you on the back and stroke your head and be like you know it's like a weird um, like fishing for compliment almost, but mm. also I think it's also like a, like the transparency and the authenticness of it all is somehow like a, the greatest virtue that we could attain to as Christians, just be authentic and real. Like how many times have you heard people say, I'm not fake, I am real. And I will just say what's on my mind. And like, as mm. though that's a great thing. And then you stop and you think, but actually the Bible talks a lot about <laughs> taming your tongue. And the Bible talks about your heart being a well of debauchery and terrible things grow in there. And so perhaps maybe you shouldn't be the truest version of yourself. I also think it's a little bit of like, you know, okay, we've all had our children like fall down, right? And like skin their knee. Mm -hmm. And you ever notice like they get, especially like, you know, what, one, two years old, they all of a sudden like look around. Like, who's looking? 
Yep. And then as soon as you make eye contact with them, because I mean, I've said it a million times to my husband, yep. don't look at them, don't look at them, don't look at them, they're fine. <laughs> you know, but you, you look at them and then all of a sudden it's like, ah, I'm dying. Yep. Oh no. And the tears come rolling down. And I feel like it's like the adult version of that, right? Like it's so we've true. had a bad, we've had the bad day. So like now we've got to proclaim it on social media and we're just hoping someone makes eye contact yep. with us so that they can be like, Oh, are you okay? You know, it's going to be okay. You're, you're still a great person. You know, like the toddler wanted to be like, Oh, if you're come to mommy, let me coddle you instead of being like, you know, what is it? It's uh, time to rally. So, like we can, yeah. we can do this. Like show your toughness, get up and you know, you're, you, you know, you're fine. Time Move to persevere. Yep. Everybody's, everybody's kid is, you know, did whatever it is your kid did. It wasn't the first go around of this ever happening. Right. Absolutely. Nothing new under the sun. Exactly. So true. So that's kind of an interesting um, analogy because there are times, obviously, when our kids really do get hurt, like there's, they need medical attention, like a bone was actually broken or something. And I, I think in the Bible, in times like that, where when there is something major and like the body of Christ does really need to rally around this person, let's say there actually is a real physical loss or a financial trouble or like an, a, a real trial that like actually could cause real bodily harm or something. then the body of Christ is supposed to be present in that and is supposed to be encouraging, building, you know, that person up. And, um, in first Corinthians, it talks about like when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. So that's Absolutely. true. But that doesn't mean that like every little bump and bruise, the whole body of Christ should like come around and surround you and like coddle you. You know what I'm trying to say? There, there are real hard trials where like we do need to like be knit together and love each other and walk through hard times bearing one another's burdens. But then there are just times when we just say, hey, you guys, you have a really bad attitude about this. And I think you just need to count it all joy. Yeah, no, for sure. I think there's something to be said about, you know, well, I mean, and besides just the Bible saying it, uh, <laughs> about us being thankful in all things and being content in our circumstances right. and seeking out God. And I think that we forget to look at, look at it and say, okay, what is God trying to teach me right now? Like here I am in the midst of three kids, you know, throwing fits, losing their minds, where did maybe I go wrong today in leading my children? Well, the where best thing you could do in that situation <laughs> is to lose your mind too, because that will fix right. everything. Girl, no, no, I don't lose my mind. I just videotape it all, turn the camera <laughs> to my to myself so they can see me, and I cry and make a video and post. Go it viral or go live? Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's girl, the solution. likes you can get, the likes it's you can true. get. There will be <laughs> but, no shortage of women being like, "I've been there too." <laughs> I mean, we forget like, okay. Yeah. And we all have. Where did I, where did I go wrong today as like, I'm obviously not leading my children well in this moment, or maybe they just all need naps. Maybe they're all young. Yeah. Okay. We're going to lay everybody down for a nap. Mom's going to go spend some time in the word. (laughs) I'm going to thank the Lord that I have three healthy children who have the capability of screaming because one day they may need it. (laughs) Okay. So funny story. Grant and I were just talking about like I had turned 30 a couple weeks ago before Sandra stole my birthday thunder. And 
everyone, like 30 is the big one, you know, 30 is like, everyone's, oh my goodness, how do you feel? You're so old. Do you feel weird? And I'm like, honestly, I feel so, I, I would feel so ashamed being like, I'm 29 forever. Like, I don't want to be 30. When I know that there are parents who've lost daughters at like 27 years old in car accidents and would love for their daughter to be able to see 30. Like actually seeing 30 and being, the, being given the gift of life for 30 years is a good gift. What a weird thing to complain about. Like it totally is a perspective thing, right? And so how many times when you're dealing with your kids pitching a fit, like you were saying, you could just be grateful. Like, Hey, my kid can cry. That's yeah. a blessing. Like there are people who I, lost kids. Girl, we had a rough day with my middle child and every day you have one of those or every once in a while, not every day. I meant every <laughs> once in a while, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I, there was a point in the day where I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm thankful I have him to challenge me. I mean, I was literally went to the other room and just started labeling off things that I was thankful mm -hmm. for. Because I was like, okay, now I'm going to go back in there with a new perspective. And that yep. doesn't always happen. I'm going to be honest. It doesn't always happen like that. And that's where but, repentance comes in. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that is where, like, hopefully you do have godly friends who, when you do complain and whine and fuss, you're just like, well, praise God for it. Like, you can rejoice in the yep. trials. And, like, that's just something we're commanded to do. Like, we're commanded to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Like, that's a command. So in the hardship, whatever it is, we're just commanded to rejoice, period. Yep, First yep. Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice yep. always. There's like nothing else there, just rejoice always. <laughs> and there's no way to do that without walking in the spirit. So like when you were saying earlier, putting the kids down for a nap and then going and having some time in the word, like you need that. Like there is a reason why the Bible says man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you are not in the word and you are not abiding in the spirit and you will not be able to rejoice in those hard situations. Yep. It's That's so true. And it's in, like I said, it's not always easy. Like I think that we can, as mothers, all three of us can say it is not always easy. <laughs> no. And that's why well, I think spiritual disciplines, right? Like you need to be spiritually disciplined to know, even if I don't feel super rejoiceful, super cheerful, I don't know. What is the word? Super. All of them. <laughs> super joyful I don't know whatever the word is even if I don't feel like that I know that I must do it and so I'm going to spend this time in the mornings and do my bible study and I'm going to like just have those spiritual disciplines in place so that even when I don't feel like it um this is just the rhythm of my day and of course sometimes things happen and there's grace for those moments but you prepare for the hardships by being disciplined, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes rejoicing in situations looks like, like yesterday, like nobody napped. I spent three hours in the car with my kids, like driving to Madison, driving back, <laughs> stopping, feeding children, soothing, crying, like with one arm in the back seat while I'm driving. <laughs> and then I come home and no one naps. And I think Audrey, not napping. Vincent laid down, was sleeping up. <laughs> and I just sitting in the rocking chair and I told Ben and I was just, I just crying. And I was like, God, please help me. I I'm so tired. I didn't sleep last night. I'm, I'm done. I, I need you. This is where I end. And like, you really have to just like show up in a real way. <laughs> yeah. 
because I can't and it reminded me of Romans twelve twelve, where he says rejoice in hope be patient in tribulation be constant in prayer right and that's you have to be constant in prayer because you suddenly have nothing and there's only God and you're just like ah! <laughs> help me so all three of us all three of us have our second child um well they're all boys <laughs> And all three of them, if you don't mind me saying, were a little bit more rambunctious than the first. <laughs> yes. And yes, they're very strong will. At least mine's strong will. <laughs> no, they're all they're they're very strong boys, which is a great blessing though. Like, right? We no, want strong men. Sure. Super thankful that I have like a, a little boy who is strong because I'm hoping, Lord willing, that we can raise him in such a way that he will be a strong, determined, steadfast, godly man. That is a great blessing. Amen. It can be very hard to parent though at times, but this is a good grace of God too. And actually I was just talking to Marianne about this the other day about how dang controlling I am and how when you have the first child and you think like, oh, this is so easy. Cause my first child was a breeze. Mm -hmm. I mean, she had a little bit of a newborn phase, but after we got past that, she's the rule follower. She has always been my right hand. She is my second set of eyes. Like- yep. That's just how she is. And so I thought, I mean, I got this parenting thing down. I don't know why everyone says this is so hard. So then the second one came out and it was the complete opposite. And it was God's good grace to humble me. <laughs> and there have been so many times that I look at that boy and I think I would be such a terrible person if God had not given you to me. Like you, you are the, one of the hardest gifts, one of the most challenging things he's ever given me, but you are one of the best things he's ever given to me because you have brought so much sanctification in my life. It's so true. I mean, with, with Lucas, I just, there are days where, you know, where today was a little bit more that day where I was just like, because when he's made up his mind, he's made up his mind. There, right. There Which is no good and bad. <laughs> it's good and bad. I just wanted to make it up, you know, and you know, a godly way. And when you right. make up that mind in a godly way, like, like not how it was today. And I just I'm like, Oh my goodness, I could pull out my hair and I just have to go into the other room. And I got to do, you know, Lord, thank you for Lucas. Thank you that he's so stubborn. Help, you know, and go through those thank yous. Mm -hmm. But um, then there's other days where he is the most godly out of all my children, who's just like going to stand on the conviction of the Lord. And he is not going to sway. I mean, when I was at your house, Erica, we had that whole talk with him. I don't even remember like, what it was about, but it was so funny because we were talking about like God's law and how like the punishment for stealing was often paying back yeah. like threefold or fivefold, whatever the crime was. Or so, something. He told us, I don't remember what it was I don't either, know. but it was something with the Levitical law, but we made, I had him go look it up. Well, he stole, like, he stole like a Lego or something. Yeah. Like you can't snatch a Lego from yeah. someone else. Right. So then There's we something. had him go look up a verse and he went to the part in the law where it talks about man stealing, which is like slavery and how man stealing was a capital punishment. But I don't think he understood what man stealing was. So he just thought, well, this is stealing is just a capital punishment. So we had, <laughs> you we had him. him. Yeah. You like, had him yeah. like write a paper or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, like a little, like write the verse down or something. <laughs> I'm like, so what do you deserve? <laughs> and he goes, I'm like, because whatever you deserve, that's what you're going to get. And he goes, death with little tears going down the side of his, side of his We're like, no, no, you don't deserve death for snatching the Lego. <laughs> I'm like, no, bud. 
I mean, he was like, go ahead, mom, go ahead, bring it on. But then I was like, I, I was like, no, Lucas, that's not the punishment for like stealing a Lego. That was the punishment for man stealing. And he's like, no, the Bible says it. I can show it to you. And he's like going like, like ferociously turning the pages of his Bible, trying to prove to me how he deserves death. <laughs> how we should just, we, we need to kill him at this point. <laughs> like, I mean, such sweet relief came to him when we showed him the, the, the proper <laughs> verses that we were we were referring to. That is like um, a funny example of of that like very strong, steadfast determination. Uh, like yeah, that yeah. stubborn personality. Like he believed that God's word should be obeyed, even if that yeah. meant it cost his life. <laughs> And that's what he was going to do. I mean, like, seriously, in that moment, that's what he was, he was fully ready to do. But then I have today's, and I'm just like, dude, let's just do the math lesson. Why are you making it take five hours? <laughs> You've all that middle been child. there. <laughs> that middle child. Yep. I think being able to laugh at things, too. Like, that is one thing that I am not super great at. I... I can get like so tunnel vision in on like the task that needs to be done that I am notoriously bad at just like enjoying the process of getting to like the end, you know, but oftentimes like that is where God teaches so much is like along the way, you know, and, and, and even in Deuteronomy, when God's telling you to discipline your, or um, to disciple your children, like throughout the day, it's like, uh, disciple them, teach them, train them. Like when you get up, when you lie down, when you're walking along the way, it's like kind of this, there's this thing that happens all throughout the day, not just when you get to the end of the day and the tasks, tasks are done. It's like, that's how my mind works. Oftentimes, like I can, I can get the lesson at the end, but in the meantime, I just need to like drive hard getting there. It's so like personality. Yeah. And so like learning that we can actually just laugh when you get the math problem wrong and it's like really wrong. And then not just be like personally offended that it took you 30 minutes to do this problem and now it's wrong. And now I'm frustrated. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times it's just like a, it's a sin in my heart that I am so wound up so tight that like, when something happens, I can't even just laugh at like how ridiculous the situation is, you know? Yeah. And you're just like taking it too seriously because it's all about your expectations. Like who says that it has to take a certain amount of time? Like maybe, yeah, like one say car trip to well my kids are pretty good in the car now but say like a five-hour trip turns into like a seven-hour trip well we get there when we get there everyone's alive (laughs) and aren't you glad for a vehicle that you don't have to cover or or travel in a covered wagon like that's a good Mm -hmm. gift from the lord yeah Yeah. it's all about finding that thankfulness and learning to be appreciative even in the midst of the chaos. And I think yeah. we're, especially right now with like the COVID going on and ever just, I mean, it's like, I mean, the whole world has lost its mind. Let's just be honest. I mean, we've seen in the grocery store, people yelling at each other over masks or toilet paper instead of just, you know, <laughs> it's true of, be, of being thankful. And I, I have to say in the community I live in, which I almost didn't expect, um, I, there were women it, when it all, everything first happened and they were posting about like not being able to find formula Mm-hmm. Or, or whatnot, you know, and they've got a baby and, you know, typically they only get it like, you know, I mean, formula is expensive. 
-hmm. So they, you know, get it as needed. Right. And now they can't find it because everybody's stocking up. Right. But I was like, just so thankful to just see people in my neighborhood being like, oh, what kind of formula do you need? Like, Mm -hmm. I have it. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, that's different than seeing the two people argue today about toilet paper. Right. They probably don't need, actually. Yeah, that they probably don't need. And then all of a sudden, you know, I saw people coming together and saying, well, we're going to take up donations. So if you have extra of stuff, we're going to, you know, give it out to people who need it. So let us know what you need. And then also let us know what you don't want. And there were people coordinating that. And I was like, that's the attitude we need to have, right? Like that's the thankfulness, the graciousness we need to have in the midst of, of chaos of our day, or just in general, the world's going through instead of just, I'm going to break down. I'm going to, I'm going to fight the lady. I'm going to watch the two ladies I go to church with fight over toilet paper now. (laughs) You know? So true. Because it's not showing like what God would want us to show. It's not showing that graciousness or that loving spirit. You know what you were saying, Marianne, about like who says that a math problem should only take 30 minutes or, or whatever. Like who's to say that life should be easy. Who's to say that you deserve the five hour car trip as opposed to the seven hour one or whatever it is. And it's so true. Like it's such a Western mindset to think that we deserve like all the good gifts that God has already given us, but then assume that we should get more. Like just thinking we have food in our bellies and a roof over our head and husbands that love us and like a church to go to and like family and friends who are encouraging and godly like that right there, that little list is more than like a large portion of the world has. Yeah. And yet we still think that we deserve more. Like God has given us so many gifts that we don't even steward as well as we probably should. Let's just be honest. And then we just are like the greedy person who's like, but I, I deserve more God, like keep giving me more gifts, you know? And I just think how many ways do we not even knowing it, like constantly bite the hand that feeds us, you know? And then when the hand stops giving as graciously as it typically does, because, you know, we're terrible, naughty little children and (laughs) we're being disobedient, then we just feel like, well, how dare you? How dare you just cut off the food chain? Who are you, God? Rather than being like, wow, we actually, you know, should just be more grateful and thankful for all the good things that God has given to us. And Isn't that kind of where that it um, sorry. brought back to? It's all right. Um, it made me think of how Sandra said um, about Lucas. He was like, "I deserve death." We do. <laughs> yeah, and we do still. We do deserve death. Yeah, we do deserve to go straight to hell. <laughs> yeah, and that is like such a good like analogy because when we are ungrateful. It's a sin. (laughs) It is. Straight to hell. (laughs) And you know, I don't think that even just you saying that um, being ungrateful is a sin. Like, yeah, it actually is. Like being ungrateful is a sin. But when was the last time you just said those words? Like your crappy attitude is a sin and it is appalling and it deserves death. It's not cute. It's not something that you should like try and get Instagram likes for. When you're sharing with the whole world how ungrateful and like fussy you are christian women should be like hey what you're doing right now is publicly sinning so take the post down and repent like stop with the public displays of sin 
Like your attitude's a sin, but now you're publishing it for the whole world to see. Yeah. What a weird thing. Imagine if we did that with other sins. Like imagine if every time. sin with you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) and it's funny because like, I mean, I'm sure we've seen this too, where women have like complained about their husbands on social media and like been totally disrespectful. And that I think is easier to see how devious it is. Like it's, mm-hmm. you can see when a marriage is an unhappy marriage and like a woman's posting terrible things about her husband. It's like, oh, that doesn't look attractive. <laughs> but when a woman does it about her children, somehow that seems more palatable to us and we can like affirm it in her. You know what I'm trying to say? Like it's when actually in Titus, Paul is telling us that we need to be taught how to love our husbands and our children. Like it doesn't necessarily come naturally to us. That's why we need to learn how to do it. Yeah. So why would we ever publicly go on, like go show the whole world how unloving we are to our children? And then you wonder why your children aren't loving. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is okay. Everyone's opinion matters. And everyone has the right to say whatever they want whenever they want and mm-hmm. it's all valid and right. you can't argue with it because it's their truth yep and it's just- and they're being so real and brave marianne <laughs> but you know in oh, titus <laughs> in titus though paul is telling the older women to train the younger women how to love their husbands and their children so there is a truth to um like Marianne, you're going through potty training. If you were to go to an older woman who's potty trained six children and say, give me your tips on potty training because we're struggling. That's not a sin. It is not a sin to say I'm struggling here. You're older, wiser. You've done this before. Give me some wisdom. That's good and right. If it's done correctly, obviously you could probably do it in an ungodly way, but by and large, the principle stands. It's a good thing for you to go to someone older and ask for help. It is not okay for you to go online and post a slew of all the ways that Audrey has disappointed you in the two and a half years of her existence. <laughs> I swear, Marianne, if I see you do that, I'm going to be like, um, Erica, your sister-in-law. <laughs> like, no, Audrey, you called me. <laughs> you should. <laughs> yes, you have to do it the biblical way. You have to go to Marianne yourself. Don't make me the middleman. <laughs> I'm going to be like, it's your sister-in-law. You just, you, maybe you should call her to go a little bit easier on Audrey. I mean, she is only two that. and a half. Like Marianne, just remember, you're going to be old one day and having that problem too. Calm down, girl. Thanks for the realism. <laughs> Sorry, I've been taking Bring care of elderly circle. grandparents and everything. It just comes natural at this point. Oh, no, but oh my goodness. I would just be so stunned. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, you even saying the grandparents thing, like we are, we are all fairly young mothers. And so the context of what we are referring to is mostly children, but over, I don't know how much you want to share, but like you were just mentioning to me how you took care of your uncle, I think last weekend or the weekend before yeah. he was in the hospital and you were like basically there helping him in and out of bed and things like that. And I'm like, that is the reality for women who are in the next life stage. Like they have parents that they're taking care of. And that brings on a whole nother host of issues and things that we can be whiny and fussy and complaining about. Like this whole whiny, fussy stage doesn't end when your kids leave the house. It's just transferred to a new set of people. 
hate hate to break it to you got to y'all but like it's not going away <laughs> right there's so more diapers to come there's more mm-hmm. you know helping and feeding to come so like, right find some thankfulness and graciousness in it you know and then when it's when you are out of the stage of taking care of your parents, then your kids start taking care of you and you can complain about how terrible your kids are doing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> then, then I get to be the stubborn one who won't do my math homework. No, right? because you will be the godly <laughs> woman who has been working on this thing for, you know, 30, 40, well, 50, 60 so years. sanctified by yeah. then, Sandra. You'll be like, math? Oh, that blessing! Wow, right? It can yeah, take three days. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'll just see Lucas come up with that math book and be like, "Hey, mom, remember those days? Let's do at, some addition." <laughs> at that point, it'll be your grandchild to be like, "You teach your grandchild this math." Right. <laughs> exactly. But you no, did such I mean, a good job with me. <laughs> yeah. All seriousness, it's not going away, right? Like this is what the Lord made us for. Yeah. And in the midst of of us just complaining and finding all the woes that we possibly can about our our day like what's that even doing like that's not a blessing to us it's not a blessing to our families yeah what are you solving people that have to read it like we're just i mean and even if you don't post it even if you don't post it even if all you're doing is like fostering that in your heart all you're doing yeah. is leading to a bunch of bitterness and like that's going to come out in so many other places, right? Like it's yeah. not there's as though this, you can foster it and, and that's okay too. There's this quote I heard. Um, I don't remember who said it, but it went, uh, when you complain, you rob a moment of its joy. And it's so true mm-hmm. because even if you're just complaining inside yourself, you're robbing yourself of that joy and fellowship with God in that moment. Then whoever you complain to, you're robbing their joy because now it's like big what a downer Mm -hmm. yeah and it just is like this thing okay Marianne I I, what you just said I can hear some ladies being like but Marianne you don't know of these hardships that I have you know when the bible says there's nothing new under the sun well they don't know about my life God didn't foresee all the trials that were coming my way because let me tell you, my husband lost his job and my kid has health problems and my mother died last month. And like, let me list off all of the ways in which God has been terribly unfair to me. Woe is me. And then, <laughs> and then for one, I'd question like their belief in like sovereignty. But then second, is it worse than Jesus? Really? Is it worse than being completely innocent and taking on the sins of right? the world? and? bearing the full weight of the wrath of God. Yeah. Because if not, then you've got nothing to fuss about. (laughs) Right. I am like, I have friends who, well, I don't have a lot of friends. I have. (laughs) (laughs) Having little kids will do that to you. (laughs) I have a handful who have come to me and I have tried to like give wisdom and some people take it. Some people don't. I need it myself. I'm not perfect. (laughs) But it's okay to, like you said, it's okay to like need to vent. And like, as long as the person on the other end, you know, will give you a God, because I've even talked to you, Erica, about like some things that we've been going through with Audrey. And you gave me godly wisdom. You weren't just like, well, she's, you know, whatever. So, (laughs) 
you were like well here's what we did just persevere like you'll see like the fruit in it eventually and it's not just like oh you're a good mom eventually she'll get there right no it's yeah it's okay like you'll get jumping on the bandwagon right yeah Getting the, getting the counsel. Um, it's funny too, because oftentimes we think what we want to hear is that other woman being like, well, you're such a good mom. And you know what? Like God gave you this child and he knows that you know best. So just do what your heart's telling you to do. Don't listen to anyone else. Now, sometimes there might be a smidge of wisdom in that, but overall, what I'm going to tell you is that you're not that great of a mom. Like you're really not like you do need the full counsel of God and you are going to need older women to help you because that's just what the Bible says. So we think we want this like super sweet, soft answer. And like, that's going to be a bomb to our weary soul. But oftentimes it's the hardest words that have stuck with me the longest and have actually really given me aid and been that like sharp sword that have cut into me and like cut out the sin in my heart. And like, Perhaps even it left a scar, but it was a a scar that like needed to be there because I needed to be reminded of where that sin was in my heart at one point. And one of the examples of this actually is when you were here, Marianne, I was reminded of it when Audrey was something mean. No, 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 not at all. (laughs) (laughs) It was when Audrey was being a two-year-old and she was like, I don't know, upset about something. And it wasn't a big deal, but you carefully took her away from the table and you explained to her, like, you're not going to do this. Like it's time to eat whatever it was. I don't even remember what it was. And we have a mutual friend who is much older than us. And she helped me a lot when I was going through the stage of life that Marianne is in now. And one of the things she told me when my kids would pitch a fit was that I should be so thankful and I should praise God when my kids pitch a fit because what it is, is God showing me where there is sin in the heart of my child and it's God bringing that sin to my eyes so that I can help parent them out of it. Like that is a good gift actually that God is giving to me, that he's showing me where there is some disobedience some rebellion, some sin in their heart and he's giving me the opportunity to help them through that. Like what a good gift. He doesn't have to do that. He could just allow for my kids to sit in their sin and their muck and their mire and I would be none the wiser. But instead, he's a good God who's showing me where my kid is struggling and he's given me the Holy Spirit that I could patiently help them walk through that in a godly way and help them repent and show them what that looks like. That's a good gift rather than being super frustrated that, oh my gosh, again, I have to tell you, you know, don't punch your sister in the face again. We've done this eight times, you know, (laughs) but no, it's a good gift that God is like, there's still something there, like get back in there. So older women, if you don't have one in your life, get one, a godly one. one. (laughs) Get one. They're on sale now. (laughs) Buy one, get one. This is, this is why it's so important to be part of a church though, right? Like for goodness sakes, there is no shortage of Christians, especially during this whole COVID nonsense where like people are saying, I would much rather do church at home anyway. I'm never going to probably go back to church. I'm just going to stay doing church at home because it's easier. The kids can stay in their sweats. Oh. I can 
not argue with them all the way to church. And I have a daughter who hates wearing dresses, so she doesn't have to wear a dress. And it's just a great thing. And the whole family is happier for just staying home and doing church in our living room. And I think if motherhood teaches you anything, it's that you need the local church community and you need to find a godly older woman to like disciple you. Like you need someone giving you wisdom and encouraging you and pointing out where you need help (laughs) and then where you are like making progress, encouraging you and saying like, that was really good. Marianne, that was really good that you patiently took away from the table. Like that you could have freaked out in that moment and you didn't. So that was great. Good, good, calm, you know, discipline there. Like that is how this is supposed to work. But if you've removed yourself from the church, good luck finding someone to disciple you. Someone to spur you on. Yeah. Any support at all. (laughs) Yeah. Any good support. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing too, in, in the internet age, it's not hard to find support. Right. And I think that's why we do see a lot of social media posts because women are so disconnected from actual discipleship and real like biblical community that they need to find community somewhere. And it's so easy to just go on your phone and get like a quick, you know, encouragement for your child's meltdown or whatever, but that's not actually what you need. I know. Oh my goodness. I about leave every mom group I'm ever a part of for the responses (laughs) people give on things like, like this one lady's kid had a meltdown and everyone, well, you just you love them through it, and then, yep, and I was like, and then they keep melting down, and forever, yeah, until they're Nancy Pelosi ripping up Trump's speech, I mean, like, or rioting in the streets, <laughs> rioting in the streets, because they don't get what they want, it's like, I think it's really easy from, to stay at home, and not go to church, and be on this, you know, Facebook group, or Instagram, or whatever it is you're on, but it's easier to stay at home and do that because you can live in your muck and mire there, right? Like mm-hmm. you can have your little mud puddle you're sitting in of all your sin and no one sees share, it. Yeah. And then only share these little glimpses of your sin here and there to right. get the pat on the back telling you how beautiful your mud puddle is that you're sitting in. Well, haven't you ever seen those posts where like, um, women will be like doing the authentic thing too. And they'll be like, here's my beautiful photo that I shared on Instagram of me, like sitting by my beautiful kitchen Island with the perfect decorations and my countertops are clean, but let me show you what's behind. And they'll like flip the camera around and it's like the living room is torn apart. And they're like, here's my reality. (laughs) And like, sometimes I think that's what Christians do, right? Like we have this like curated, little area in which even when we do go to church, perhaps maybe we think, oh, we're going to church. We're doing the Christian thing. We're in community. We belong to a community group or Mm -hmm. we're part of the Sunday school class or whatever. But like all we ever share is that like curated kitchen photo, but like we're never actually going to admit to having the like crazy messed up living room that needs to be repented of. And we don't ever let anyone in our house to see the mess that needs to be repented of. And so it's super easy to just share the kitchen photo and everyone just think. Yeah. Or we do the opposite and we do the, the whole turn thing and, because we're so authentic. And yeah. I want to be like, both of those are not appealing. Both, yeah. Neither one of those are good. Two ditches to <laughs> fall into. But, and um, you can like use like both of them. You can do a half and half photo. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and you can use them to glorify God. Like when your kids are having a bad day, I don't think to post on social media. No, because you're too and tired. All day. <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't think to do that. But when like I do get like get a cute picture I'm instantly like oh like they look so cute like I'm gonna like update my profile picture or whatever but the first three months with Vincent were like very 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 hard Mm -hmm. and because Audrey was an easy baby and Vincent had colic I couldn't relate when I had Audrey, two other women who were struggling, like mm-hmm. I struggled with nursing, I was up all night, I struggled with like everything, like everything was just that. So <laughs> I don't even remember half of it, but that's, that's a good gift from God too. <laughs> but Be thankful. I then after like the worst was over and I was sitting back reflecting on it and I was like, with Audrey, I never said anything, but in my head, I wasn't as gracious and I didn't extend as much mercy mm-hmm. and understanding towards people who were having harder babies. Not anything I said or did, but in my head, I was just kind of like, well, yeah, whatever, okay. Mm-hmm. But then he gave me the hard baby so I could walk through what they walked through and be like, yeah, Marianne, you should have been like more nice in your thoughts toward them. So I did share on social media a a bit of what I went through. Yeah. But like the point of it was, I was like, I now see what other people have walked through. So if anybody needs like to talk to me, if anyone wants advice, if I can be there for somebody, I also went through this. So I can help you also through this. And I didn't say it to get like, oh, good job. I did it because I wanted other people to know, like, as the body. It's a confession of sin. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I went through this dark place and I came out on the other side. And you can too. And I would love to help you come out on the other side too. (laughs) Right. And that's something totally different because if you were an alcoholic who has repented from your alcoholism, we would be like, praise God, like share your testimony. So I, I have no problem with women being like, this was the dark time that I walked through and these were some really hard struggles. And I'm thinking personally of one of mine with like a miscarriage and ectopic pregnancy. I've shared my story on our podcast before, like, and it's not to be like, oh, you poor thing. Like you must be so strong. How could you ever get through that? That's not what it's about at all. It's like, you're saying like, Actually, like on the other side of this, you can see how God has borne really good fruit from that trial. So all you're trying to do is look at the person who might be walking through that very same hard trial and say, trust me, there's good fruit on this other side. Like there's good things that come from this. And that's hope, right? A little bit like, yeah. Well, that's being a little bit of a, you know, the tightest woman too, the older woman trying to yeah. help the younger whether it's spiritually younger or physically younger, because you've walked through it and stuff, now you can encourage and help usher the ones that are going through it now in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. Through it. You can show them how to love their, love their children and love mm-hmm. their husband when they're so tired. They don't, they're probably just going to go to bed in the clothes that they have on. Right. <laughs> I can remember like after having my ectopic pregnancy too, I can like, there were several ladies who came up to me and were like, 
I am having an ectopic pregnancy, like I, I just start bawling and be like, I don't know what to do as a Christian. I've never even thought through some of these things that are happening right now. And I can remember like going to Grant and just being like, this is a ministry I never wanted from the Lord. Like I never wanted to be the woman who was like the person to go to when you have an ectopic pregnancy, but here I am. And like, this is the ministry that God's given me. So this is where gratitude and being thankful does come in. Like, not that I would ever have chosen to walk through that trial, but I am so intensely grateful on this side of things 10 years later that I did walk through it and that God was so gracious to give me that trial, which is only a thing that you can say as a Christian because it sounds so absurd. Like, why would you ever be thankful that you had something terrible happen to you? But as a Christian, it is the pattern in the Bible where death brings life, where something hard happens, there is a death that happens, and then resurrection and redemption come from that death. Like that is just the pattern of the Bible. And so as a Christian, we should believe that. We should believe that hardships and death bring good fruit and bring redemption later on down the road. So rather than spurn it, we should be thankful for it. It's like, it's God's graciousness showing you that fruit on the other side of something that was so tragic and horrible that I mean none of us would ever want to go through obviously but to to show you that fruit and give you those women and say look I I'm not this wasn't a wasted thing Mm -hmm. like on this side you're even going to see the fruit of it on this side right yeah the little bits of fruit like the fruits on this side of eternity and then you think like they're hopefully Lord willing are even greater fruits on the other side of eternity where you didn't even get to see all the ways that God used that for good and that's That is the hope. Like that is the promise that we're given that God has preordained good works for us to walk through. And we think good works are like, you know, buying the cup of coffee for the person behind us in the Starbucks line. But like oftentimes I think the good works that God has for us are probably a little bit more labor intensive than just that. Sometimes cleaning up the spilled milk and giving a new glass of it to your, you know, three-year-old or whatever. Yeah. Or forgiving the person Mm -hmm. who really doesn't deserve to be forgiven. Yeah. And it's a good picture of the gospel too, because the worst thing ever already did happen. And the fruit of that was right. We get to go to heaven. So. And we really terrible then if it draws you into God's heart. Right. And in the meantime, until we get there, We've got a bunch of work to do and God has given us the spirit to enable us to do those good work. It's not even like he left and said, good luck trying to do all the good things that I'm commanding you to do. It's like, I'm actually going to send the helper. Like you don't have to do this on your own. And so that same helper who resurrected me from the dead is going to be helping you take all of these terrible deaths, these trials and bring life to them. Like what a good promise. So I'll think of that the next time <laughs> stuff is happening next time you, death you're... is gonna happen and then life is gonna happen don't think that when you're spanking though because that might do the opposite <laughs> no but it's like it's like my pumpkins growing outside i've been watching them please tell and... me how it's like your pumpkin 
Just wait for it. Just wait. For okay. It. She's gonna she's gonna be carving them up in a couple months. You'll, you'll understand. Death is coming to them. No. So first, she's gonna plant a light grow. inside of them. <laughs> there's so many analogies. No, but first, there's a flower, and the flower dies, and from that flower grows the pumpkin. Yeah. But the flower was there first, and then it and I was just like. And it looks like I've a loss. Been... Yeah, it looks I like. I know. I was like, why all would the, the flower flowers die? gone? Oh wait, what's that little green ball? And then <laughs> it turns orange eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but I never grow pumpkins before, so I was just like disappointed. Okay, doing thing, yeah. So whatever. And then <laughs> I was like, oh, that's how they grow. <laughs> she was like. What in the world just happened? I thought I was planting pumpkins. Why are they flowers? But if you had someone who was an expert gardener and like, so just let's say you've never seen a pumpkin before in your life and you didn't know how they were to grow and you didn't have a phone to Google such things and you planted the seed in faith and then out comes this flower and you think like, wow, I'm doing really good here. This is working out really well. And then the flower dies and you think, wow why did I even bother planting that seed in the ground? You know, like what good did it do me here? And then like the expert gardener could come in and be like, Oh no, it's supposed to do that. That's actually a really good sign. If the flower stayed there forever, you'd be in real trouble. Yeah. That'd be like a mutant pumpkin. They'd probably take it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's, I mean, it's the truth. And we live in such a world like, you know, I think, Erica, we were talking about this the other day, like the first world problems. And it's like you were saying earlier, we, we feel like we deserve all this thing. We feel like we deserve the pumpkin like, right away. Like we, we deserve this now. We don't, we shouldn't have to have a flower. It shouldn't have to die. I just want my pumpkin. Yeah. And instead, like we go through all these trials and then we gripe about them. And I just picture God up there being like, this is the There's design. Gonna be a yeah, this gonna is going to be a pumpkin. <laughs> this is kind of the process I told you about. We're like, I just want my pumpkin. Yeah. Like the toddler, you know, throwing the yeah. thing or whatnot. And then, and then we oh, get we it. We are often like the toddler, I think. Oh, yeah. And then we get it and we're still, we're, we, we don't feel like our pumpkin's big enough or orange enough or it's too big. And I want the pumpkin that Mary Ann's growing. I don't want the pumpkin yeah. that. I'm growing. I have so many. I I went crazy. I will probably have fifty pumpkins. You can have all. No, you're <laughs> you're ruining the analogy, Marianne. <laughs> and then, but then I think of like the apostles, right? Like I'm over here, living like you know my best life, you know, as they say, like in my nice house with. Are you? I mean, I think I am. Uh, with you have my, a fluffy bed. Yeah, with my fluffy bed behind me, you know, <laughs> and you know my kids who are, you know very well fed and we're all well fed and, and everything and you know something doesn't turn out my way and I'm gonna huff and puff about it and then I'm like mm. you know every once in a while I got you know like yeah but you know I mean I did like take on like these disciples who were you know like crucified and murdered and <laughs> martyred and oh let's not forget about the church fathers yeah and, oh wait oh hold on a second there was me you know yeah that one time and it's like why do I feel like I deserve all this why do I feel like I need to be able to go on Facebook or and I, or whatever, call up my friend or complain, and just subscribe yeah. and complain and all that. And like, I should have it all. I mean, I, I, I don't deserve any, I should just 
Yeah. Be super thankful God's putting me through these trials because this shows that he's like, he's sanctifying me. When yeah. my kid won't do his schoolwork or they won't potty train, like, like God's not just working something out with my kid. He's, he's not going to waste that moment. Be like, oh, this is just for, you know, Marianne's kid or, you know, Erica's kid or your kid. Like, this isn't just for them. This is actually for you too. Yeah. I mean, oftentimes the things that we're most frustrated in our children are actually our own sin problems. And I've said this forever. Like when my kids have a really bad attitude and they're bickering with each other, it's usually when I am being super short with them and my, my attitude is terrible. When I'm angry and snappy, like that's when I see those um, attributes in my children. And I often think like when I am so frustrated, rather than just being like, where is it that I'm failing? Like you said earlier, where is it that I'm failing? Because if my kids are doing something sinful, not every time, but most of the time it's because I have sinned against them myself. So you start and like with yourself and you repent of your own sin and then you go ahead and parent your kid. But think about how hypocritical it is to go to your kids and start telling them all the ways they're sinning all the while you yourself are sinning. That makes no sense. And kids are not dumb. Like they pick up on that kind of stuff and they're like, what a hypocrite. Girl, <laughs> I'm just telling you the other day, I, don't, I can't even remember what I did. I think I got, I got snippy or something. And then me and Scotty were getting Naomi ready for bed. My youngest, my three-year-old. And all of a sudden she popped out with the exact same thing I had said earlier, which wasn't, I don't, I can't remember what it was, but it was just like the attitude behind it, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And Scotty so graciously and lovingly looked at me and said, I wonder where she heard that from. (laughs) In the most loving voice he has. And you're like, I don't know. Must be one of those kid shows. I'm like, I I could have sworn I heard Lucas doing that earlier. (laughs) No, no. I was like, "Mm, yeah, maybe maybe I shouldn't have been that little snippiness earlier. You know, maybe. So then it was, you know, Usher, you know, Naomi, let's, let's have a little talk, sweetheart. And, um, and, you know, work all that out, of course. But um, like, it's like exactly what you're saying. It was that, it was that attitude that I had. Right. And now, now here's my sin coming out in, in my child. And I think so, that's easier to see as your kids get older. It might be harder when you have like an 11 month old, because I mean, maybe like at 11 months old, there is some sin stuff starting to happen, like form. But for the most part, they're just a baby. Like they're, they yeah. are hungry, they need a nap, and they need to play. Like that's pretty much it, you know. But as your kids get older, you can start to see more and more. Like when they start to use your same speech patterns and they'll use your same slang and they'll have your same like, you know, facial mannerisms and stuff. And you're like, ooh, I know where that one came like I was warned of that one when I was a teenager and here I am seeing it on your face. Man, the biggest responsibility ever. Yep. It, it really is. makes you cringe inside really bad too. <laughs> and then you're thankful that God is showing it to you and you're like, okay, we can work out this one. Like as he's working it out in you, he's working it out in me and let's just be grateful. Right. You know, and it's true in marriages too, actually. I know we're not really talking about marriages, but I'm sure we've all either been in and or known marriages that at times, like you've gone through or you've seen people go through this patch where um, 
like you kind of live separate lives a little bit. And I think it could, it's probably more so like either in a newlywed stage when like you both have jobs. And so like you kind of do have to sort of live separately from each other and you are kind of already learning how to do life together, like have one bank account, one bed, one schedule, like all that's just so new and can become challenging. But like when you do get married, sometimes I think if you don't start to see things that need to change, like if you don't start to see where perhaps um, your habits need to change or your facial mannerisms maybe aren't the most respectful or, you know, maybe you are an early riser and he likes to stay up late. And so you need to come to some sort of agreement there. And like all those things that can happen, if you aren't kind of clashing, then you're probably doing something wrong. Like you're probably actually not communicating. You're probably not trying to merge as one. You're probably just keeping really separate. And that's why you're both happy. Because as it is, when two centers come together, like there's a clash that happens and it's a good kind of clash. Like that actually can be really like sanctifying, you know, as iron sharpens iron. So it's kind of the same with like parenting too. If there is no clash, if there is no discipline or things that need to be worked out, then you're probably doing something wrong. No, my kid's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we all know advice. that parent, too. <laughs> it's never their kid. No, it was that other kid on the playground. <laughs> my kid would never, <laughs> never do that. I'm the parent that's like, was it mine? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so true. If there's a conflict between Audrey and Nora, it was Audrey. I don't know. <laughs> It's funny, actually, because they, Marianne, her family just came and visited us a few weeks ago. And like the, the relationship dynamic between my youngest and her oldest is just a funny one. And it's like they're sisters because they fight like sisters, but they love like sisters too, you know? So like when it came time to like snuggle into bed, they wanted to sleep together. But then if like there was a fight to have happened in the house, it was probably Nora and Audrey. Because that's just how their personalities <laughs> were. And it was the funniest thing. It was so cute and to see, but also like, what? <laughs> well, it's, yeah, that was more of a, I need to get my child under control because mine's the older one. So, you know. <laughs> well, Audrey still needs to learn self-control too, so. Don't we all? don't we all which is once again like it is a fruit of the spirit you know love joy peace patience kindness gentleness faithfulness self-control those are all things we need to walk in and if you are um either being self-congratulatory or you're having a pity party either way you're probably not walking in the spirit because it's really hard to have a pity party while also being gentle or peaceful or like it's it's pretty much impossible right and i since Audrey has been teeny, 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 I have told her, when you get frustrated, ask for help or mm -hmm. walk away. And I've said that over and over. And so many times I'm getting frustrated. And that is not the first thing that comes <laughs> to mind. I'm like, why didn't Ben eat all his lunch today? Did he hate the lunch I packed him? What is this? <laughs> this like, is so no. personal for me <laughs> it couldn't be that it was hot or that he had a snack <laughs> or that you fixed him a good breakfast it must be personal <laughs> and, and I it must have been a horrible to, lunch 
<laughs> and I have to be like, no, I need to preach to myself instead of listening to myself and walk away or just ask, ask for help or ask why. Or Okay, was, did and, you like this sandwich that I made you or whatever it was? But why is it that no, we like, never... because he wasn't hungry. Yeah. Why do we never think like the rational thing either? Like, why is it when we... Um, like have a, a trip that was canceled or like a sandwich that wasn't eaten or the the child who you know I don't know colors on the table when they weren't you know obviously supposed to or something we never just think like oh I'll bet you they slipped on their chair as they were sitting and like you know the page moved and they accidentally colored on the table or maybe he just wasn't hungry like it's never the rational thing it's always the thing that causes us the most personal offense like it's have like you noticed that <laughs> Yeah, it's like the misconstrued text message, you know, like, yep. how dare they say it like that? You know? They <laughs> used a capital so, letter. <laughs> we're so selfish and we're always thinking about ourselves that we turn it to like, how is this reflecting on me? Right. Because clearly everyone was thinking about me constantly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm the center of the universe. Oh my goodness. It's so true. So I suppose we should wrap this up here, huh? I don't know how you wrap this up. How do you, how do you do that? I, I don't, how do you even end it? I don't know. Be thankful guys. <laughs> yeah, be thankful. Think before you do things. Don't be don't thankful. Post your garbage. Don't hit yeah. your children. Love grow, them. Grow some pumpkins. Cause it's good for your spirituality, <laughs> for your sanctification. <laughs> Don't take things personally. Just rejoice. In, comes first. Rejoice in the Lord always. Say and it again. Say rejoice. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for coming on and having this. This was like a fun little—I don't know what you call it—like just like a little conversation. It felt super easy. We had no outline or really anything that we were really going off of. So, no, and I haven't talked to Sandra since I think you lived in North Carolina. Yeah, oh, that's a while mm. ago. Probably. Are you are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> she missed me that much. She's I was getting choked up. <laughs> I've just missed you so much. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do it again soon. I'm sure that there will be many of sermons coming up for Grant, so we'll have to do some more recording. This was fun. Okay. Unless you lose a ton of followers because of that. I mean, we warned them coming into this, so it's their own fault. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening and for tuning in. We hope to uh, put out more good quality content like this in the future. So come back for more episodes. And until next time. Get woke. Oh, get woke. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>